Welcome to Music Matters Podcast with Daryl Craig Harris, talking about all things music with celebrities, artists, music business insiders, and more. Miss Fiona Ross, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I am very good. So we've been friends now for a while. Um, we first met through our friends at uh, Jazz in Europe magazine, um, our good friend, Nigel, who is uh, also the, the editor for this podcast. And um, you've got a lot going on, as you always do. Some people may have seen our other episodes. Some people maybe have not um, been introduced to you before. So you have a great background. Um, child actor, singer on the stage in the West End. Um journalist, musician, artist, just so many hats, very successful artists, I should say. Um, so let's tell people a little bit about your background. Like, how did you get started with music and, and all that? I know it's a big story, but. <laughs> it, yeah, I guess it's a big story. I think um, my I have one of those crazy stage mums. So literally from the minute, I, I don't remember anything else. You know, so as soon as I was able to walk, my mum had me in dance lessons and acting lessons and singing lessons. Uh, and uh, she famously kind of says that my first professional job was when I was two. So I, I've literally done it kind of you know, all my life. Uh, and I trained for the theatre. So I, I trained in dance drama uh, and music. Um, so kind of I started learning the piano uh, when I was six um but the stage was where the goal was initially that was to be fair my mum's my parents dream really although I I didn't ever object so don't get me wrong I wasn't forced into anything um but theatre was kind of the 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 goal and I did uh, some of that but then uh fell in love and got married and had children uh and then got divorced and so my my kind of you know working life changed a little bit and music became more of a focus because I couldn't be doing theatre work um, as a single parent uh, and uh, also worked in education. And yes, uh, uh, yeah, it is a long story, really. Yeah. And you ran a, um, and you actually ran a very well-known um, art school in London. Could tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, I started, um, I feel awful looking back on it, but when I was 16, I was actually doing a bit of part-time work as an accompanist at a ballet school because I was a classically trained pianist and I was trying to earn a bit of extra money as as we do trying to do a bit of everything Uh, and (laughs) and I was asked to teach I had some of the parents who said oh you know do you teach and and I remember at the time thinking I'm 16 that I'm of course I don't teach that's just ridiculous um and I completely dismissed it but then a few friends of mine said no no you make a little bit of money do a bit of piano lessons so I started to teach and obviously didn't have a clue what I was doing but turned out I really love that and I love helping people basically helping them achieve helping them see what they can do and that led to some work uh, teaching musical theatre um, which then eventually led to um, yeah being head of the British Academy of New Music. I know and I'll let you say that because I can never get it correct. And it no longer exists as well the building's been knocked down and everything it's very sad. Yeah. And we talked about that before, but you actually, and there was a lot of really people that went on to become very famous. I went to that school, Ed Sheeran, Rita Ora, uh, many others. Um, so, so it's kind of like, was kind of a fame school in a way, right? I think it, it, in some ways, but but it was a lot dirtier, I think, if you like. It was in East London, which is not a very wealthy area. 
Um, uh, these were students that didn't have support. Uh, so it was not fancy <laughs> in any way, shape or form. Uh, yeah. And the whole surroundings was very gritty, that kind of you know, East London vibe. So it was amazing. But yes, it wasn't it wasn't fancy in any way. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's great to have that experience. It's always nice to be around young artists, you know, when they're just starting to, the lights are really turning on for them. And that's always exciting. Um, so you, and that's part of your mission, even through teaching was, is also um, doing what you're doing now, which is women in jazz media that kind of all kind of folds together with your journalism career and your music career. And I should say that you've been very successful jazz artists. How many albums do you have out now? I think it's five. Um, I think it's six. I'm working on my seventh ah, now. I'm going to look. Okay. I'm going to look to the side. Yes, I've got six. Sorry, I've got six <laughs> on my wall there. I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's six. I'm working on my seventh. Yeah, awesome and very, you know, multiple award-winning, um, globally known, and an amazing singer and artist and music um, and writer, I should say. And then, um, so women in jazz media. Tell me how that came about, and we're going to also talk about your magazine, which you have going on too. So you mentioned Nigel, the fabulous Nigel, and it was his birthday the other day. So shout out publicly, very publicly to Nigel <laughs> and a happy birthday. Um, yes. So I was working with, uh, uh, obviously, with Jazz in Europe, which is how we met. So that's how I kind of got into journalism when he first asked me to write. But I was aware, as, as wonderful as Jazz in Europe was uh, and, and supportive as they were, as I was exploring, I realized there weren't many women uh, in journalism at all. I, yeah, there were very few female writers that I was aware of. Um, and it became a bit of a mission for me. I mean, I've always been passionate about um, diversity and inclusion and, and all those areas, which I'm, I'm sure we'll chat about in a bit. But right. I, I, there was a particular day I was looking at a publication uh, and I, I won't name the publication because sometimes it's quite hard to find the writers. You, know, you look at publications all the time and, and they don't publicize the writers. They don't publicize the behind the scenes for, for a variety of reasons. Um, but I was looking at this publication and there was a page of writers. And I thought, oh, this is brilliant. They've actually, you know, they're, you know, they're celebrating the writers and there was photos of it, all these writers. And there were 52. And I was like, my God, this is amazing. This, you know, this is quite a prestigious magazine as well. I was like, this is brilliant. But then seconds after I was very excited that they were celebrating the writers, I realized that out of 52, because I did count, um, there was only two women in that list, in, in these photos, and everyone was white. Which is a bit odd, especially with jazz, because you think of it as being very diverse, right? <laughs> well, well the, this is the thing of, of all the different genres, uh, yeah, jazz, really. So, um, and the thing is, I'm aware of this and have been aware about, of this for, for many, many years, but on this particular day, I just had enough. I was like, no, I just can't take it anymore. What can I do? Where are the women? How can we, you know, how can we do something? And at the time, I just thought, you know, I'm just going to start a Facebook page. I thought I'll start a Facebook group um, and see if I can, you know, get in touch with some other women and, you know, perhaps we can chat, a little community. And it was really as simple as that. Um, and, mm. and I was setting up the Facebook page. And it was straight after, you know, seeing this, this page. And I thought, well, what am I going to call it? It's women in jazz, but there's lots of different amazing groups that are called women in jazz, but you know, this, this, this is a different thing. This is about the right at the time, the writing It was very specifically about the journalism side of things. So I just thought, okay, well, media, it kind of comes under the heading of media. So I just, but it, there was no kind of deep thought into this. It was literally that. You and know, then oftentimes, literally the, oftentimes next, the obvious thing is the, is the right path, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was, yeah, there was no deep thought into it at all. And then literally the next day I got a direct message onto the page. Um, from a writer in China, this woman who is actually now part of our team. And she said to me, I think I'm the only female jazz journalist in all of China. 
She said, wow. I don't know any other women who, who do this. Uh, and I've been looking for something like this for the past eight years. I'm, I'm so glad I found you. And at that moment, I was like, oh, OK, this 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 is this is big. This is big. You know, when I when I think about it, I was just thinking about writers. I hadn't given it any more thought than that. And then not long after that, I had a, um, a direct message from a writer in Spain um, who said similar thing, but said that it's really hard in Spain for women. And it just opened up this massive um, kind of world for me that although I was aware of I don't certainly not in that depth so I decided if I was going to do this I'd better do it properly so I came up with a mission statement uh, and Mm. also looked if we're media I thought well that's not just writers that's photographers uh yeah I mean that's everybody behind the scenes um Mm. so yeah yeah it kind of grew from there and I've got a fabulous team now as well so that's how it started yeah, and it's it, your team is actually really truly global. How, how many um, folks are involved now at this point, for as far as writing goes? Well, there's 22 in the team in total. Uh, I, I'd have to count the writers. Yeah, folks that are um, your primary members. You also have contributors, right? I would assume. And as it- yeah, yeah, and this is what's amazing about the team, and actually, kind of what makes the work we do is the different skills experience of the women in the team so we have jazz journalists you know who work for downbeat for example so kind of you know some of the big publications but we also have musicians we have we have photographers we have people who haven't written before but are actually interested i've got um one of our team isabel she's just joined she's just finished her music degree so she's just beginning her career as a jazz journalist um, mm. And it's wonderful to be able to give her that platform. So we've got a combination of, you know, composers, musicians, writers, photographers, artists. It's it's incredible. Yeah, and that's great. And also, too, your your jazz artist background just really it just it fits so well with 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 this, of course, because you know the struggle, and you know how it is to be a beginning jazz artist and a successful jazz artist. Tell me about that, like especially since pre post COVID in London. And you're, you've been always very busy doing gigs and that kind of thing. What's that been like since, since COVID? And did that actually help you in a way build the magazine because people were kind of at home? Yeah, I mean, I think, firstly, I think my experience, I'm very fortunate to have had such a diverse kind of range of experiences because at the end of the day, was, you know, it's not about me, women in jazz media. It's about supporting kind of the women out there and the jazz industry. Um, right. So it's not about it's not just about my experience. Um, mm. So having that kind of variety of different people in the team is essential. Like, you know, how would we know what to do if we didn't have different people, different backgrounds, different experiences? Right. Um, but COVID, yeah, I think to be honest, if COVID ha- if it hadn't been in lockdown, then maybe I wouldn't have done it at that time. I mean, to be mm. honest, I'm sure it would have happened at some point. But obviously, I was at home all the time. Um, so right. I wasn't going out. There was no live music and people were suffering. Uh, and yeah. I did do, in fact, with Jazz in Europe, I did a, a, a lockdown, l- lunchtime, lockdown, lockdown, lunchtime. I did an interview series um, for people in lockdown to try and kind of share their experience and, you know, the good things and the bad things. So I was very passionate about trying to support people during that time because, hmm. well, you know, and of course it was global. It was awful, you know, and I think for musicians, irrelevant of gender, it was a time when some people, we wondered who we were, you know, if we, as a performer, right. if we're not performing, you know, who are we? Um, and I think a lot of people were having those questions. So that self-identity and also money, not earning money. So it was, it was, a, it was a very 
um, challenging time. Um, but I also think that there's a huge amount of positives that came out of it, certainly for me. I mean, my life is genuinely better since lockdown for, for many different reasons. Right, so, yes, things, I think because of that time. Yeah, those things make you reevaluate. I mean, that's actually the reason why I started this podcast, because I was sitting at home here in Las Vegas going, OK, now what? And of course, you don't know how long that's going to happen. So, yeah, um, yeah it, it's, uh, you know, but it's it's never been easy being a musician or a journalist for that matter. Um, it's always been a challenge. And I think, you know, definitely the personality has to be somebody that's willing to kind of be a go-getter and get out there and make stuff happen, right? That's part of the getting yeah. interviews and all that. Yeah, and I think that that's a, a key driving force for me is the creative industries and an irrelevant, you know, what role you have. It's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. And I say bringing my own experience to that from when I was younger, I remember the auditions, you know, and it, again, from a theatre point of view, but you walk into a room, you kind of sing your heart out and then you just get next, you know, you get no feedback, you get no kind of, you know, oh, that was lovely, but I mean, you know, um, right. very harsh, that world. And that's something that I've grown up with. So I'm quite resilient, um, which is all fair enough. But firstly, not everyone's that resilient, but also, you know, I'm not sure that you have to be kind of put up with, some of the things that are out there, you know. So I think, right. yeah, with women in jazz media, it's very much about, yes, it's a hard industry. Yes, there's going to be challenges. But what can we actually do to support and make it, even if it's a tiny bit easier, then, mm -hmm. then there must be something that we can do. And it's nice to build that sisterhood, right, where you have support. You can support each other. If somebody has a question, they don't feel like, that, you know, kind of stupid for asking. You create that safe environment where they can grow as journalists, right? Uh, that's the, the safe environment thing is huge and I think quite often people say to me <laughs> you know that um you know how do I do it how do I get the energy how do I get inspired well it's the, the people I work with that's what inspires me you know not right. just the women in the team you know every day you know something will happen I will talk to someone I'll listen to some music I'll see someone you know the, the sense of community and men too and I think that's the thing mm. with women in jazz media you know we're looking at those uh, inequalities and where there is a gender imbalance because historically mm -hmm. in jazz women have never been you know um welcomed initially i mean there's famous articles in the 30s where there were questions about do women belong in jazz and the answer was apparently no <laughs> so you know yeah. Yeah, tell we, that to we, billy holiday <laughs> i know i know right and so you know and there's a whole history of women know, not yeah. being welcomed um yeah. so you know i cannot stress the importance of having yeah that safe environment um mm. just, just as you say to chat and quite often you know and we have these um uh, we call it ladies that do so much more than lunch. And we have these uh, Zoom meetings that we try and do once a month. Oh, and it's awesome. just an open forum. You know, it's an open forum to say, do you know what? I can't get any gigs or I've been trying this venue. No one's getting back to me. Or I want to get some radio play. You know, does anyone have any kind of radio stations that they can suggest? Or, you know, no one's writing at me. You know, I've sent my album off. No one's reviewing me. You know, or even just I'm knackered. I'm really tired. <laughs> you know, yeah, but it's just having sure. that space to actually have those conversations. It, everyone, I say, regardless of gender, to be fair, everyone needs that. Yeah. And you can learn something from everybody. I mean, everybody, even the beginning, the beginning person, they may have some really cool idea. And you're like, you know, I didn't even think about that. But because they're new, they don't really have the boundaries that you kind of grow into as you get older, you know, uh, become j jaded journalist, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so uh, putting together the magazine, that is, that is a big job. Are, so are you actually the editor or how, how is that set up? What's the, what's the mechanics of that? 
Yeah, well, and you know me now. Um, I kind of, you know, I, I very rarely say no to things. And, you know, uh, if it's <laughs> something both, I don't have that to same do, problem. <laughs> I know, I'm quite happy to give it a go. Um, oh. and, um, and and it was um, International Women's Day, not this year, but last year. And we'd only been, I think we've been going about six months. Uh, and initially, um, I was speaking to a publication about doing a partnership on International Women's Day. So they would create the magazine and we would provide mm. the content. So, you know, and then uh, it kind of that fell apart uh, for a variety of different reasons, Not, nothing dodgy or anything. It just kind of didn't happen. But it, it didn't happen really, really a, a short amount of time before International Women's Day. And me being me, I, I was going to swear then, I better not swear. I, but me being me, I was like, well, I'm still doing okay. it. I'm like, you know, we're just going to, I was like, we're just going to have to do it. I've kind of said, to them, I've got these articles, you know, people have been interviewing people. I've got all this content. Mm. I need to create a magazine. Um, so I did. Uh, and I learned how to use the software and kind of tried to do my best to, to work out how to do it. And they've been getting better and better. And you can see actually from the first couple of magazines that we did, um, but and they look good, I think. Um, but they're certainly, you know, getting better because now I feel a little bit more secure in uh, knowing what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can, uh, you can uh, relate to Nigel's uh, background with the, the magazine. That's such a big job. I mean, people don't realize they see a magazine, it looks great, and they don't realize all the parts and pieces that go into making that happen, right? No, and I'll tell you what I think is interesting um, is because it's an actual magazine. So it's not a website that I've kind of put articles onto. You know, it's created as a magazine that could be printed. Um, mm. So I create this kind of this massive document and then I upload it uh, onto a special magazine site. And, you know, so quite often, you know, the proofreading is essential because right. there's always something. And, and, and if it was just an online, so like Jazz in Europe, for example, if there's a, an error, you can quickly go in there and change it. Exactly. But for me, for the magazine, <laughs> yeah. no, no, once no, no. It's, it's a it's whole there, different there, thing. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, and I have to quite often stress that, the proofreading, just get people to, because you become word blind. You look at this document, you know, yep. for so long. So the proofreading for me is essential. And there's always something wrong. It's actually funny. Our friend, uh, Nigel, who was, he was a senior editor for Jazz and Europe Plus. I think I said that, but um, it was funny because he had contacted me. I kind of like he did with you. And he said, hey, he actually had seen our interview when I was in London, our live live stream. And he's like, hey, I want you to write for Jazz and Europe magazine. And I'm like, I'm really not a writer. I like doing interviews, of course. But I said, so I need a really good editor. And he's like, I don't mind doing it. I'm like, well, you're a brave soul. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> I, you know, the, the writing, the physical, actually mechanical part of writing it is, is, is a different thing. Like you said, the proofreading and making sure grammar is all online or on point and making that, that all make sense is a bit yeah. of a challenge. <laughs> well, it is. And, 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 I, and I love that challenge because what I find particularly interesting and, and I think is part of what we're about with Women in Jazz Media is different people's voices. As I say, I know you know I, I get I mean you're you're interviewing me about women in jazz media and, and quite often you know, my name is kind of out there but it, it, it's about everybody's voice and the diversity of those voices and the different types of voices so you know what I love about the articles when I have different writers as I say we've got kind of you know established experienced writers who know their stuff you know right. and for me to actually put in a magazine it's just adding some images it's, it's really not hard but then you've got brand new writers who are not experienced so they're kind yeah, of that proofreading and the checking right. 
Yeah, so, you know, but but still for me, what is important is that their individual voice comes out. So I don't think the magazine has a writing style. And I and I mm. like that, though, you know, so because we have the diversity of different writers in there. So different voices. Um, so, I, yeah, I do quite like that. But it's more of a challenge for, yeah, trying to <laughs> edit and kind of you know, proofread everything. It takes a bit yeah. And that actually, you know, that that's what you say about the style of the magazine. Like, that's a great thing, but it also could be a, a prison in a way for writers because then they feel like they have to write a certain way. Um, and you don't really you don't really want that. Right. Well, I don't. And I say it's no criticism at all on on any publications that do that. And I know some of our partner publications that we've been working with and trying to get more more women uh, writers or, you know, to work with their publication. I've had lots of conversations about their writing style. So right. what they look for for a writer, the type of articles. And, there's, and of course, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but for me and the work we do, it's not about one single voice. It's about everybody's different voice and that it's all valid. So I think it's important mm. for me that we have that diversity of writers so that there isn't one voice. It's it's not yeah. women in jazz media's voice. It's everyone else's. Right. And diversity is the key. And not only, you know, social, racial, whatever, you want to hear the different perspectives because that's, that's where the value is, I think. Well, yeah. And also, isn't that what jazz is about? Right, exactly. Yeah, that, that's what it should be about. <laughs> it's, well, I know, think so. <laughs> we, yeah, I think so too. Uh, what you know, speaking of journalists and, and not only just jazz journalists, but journalism in general. What what are some of the key things that you look for in a journalist, or that you would say are most important when you're when you're functioning in that role? Uh, well, that's an interesting question. Well, actually, I had a, you know, Isabel, I'll, I'm sure she won't mind me uh, talking about her in the team because I say she's just finished her degree mm. uh, and she you know, wants to become a jazz journalist. So we've been chatting quite a bit about what she needs to do, you know, what she needs to look for. And of course, the key thing for her, as it is for all, is eventually she wants to be paid. You know, she wants right. to, uh, you know, her job as a jazz journalist. So we've been chatting an awful lot about you know, not, not just the contacts and connections, but building her portfolio. But and look, I am not an expert. As much as I've been doing this for a while, I will never profess to be an expert at anything. To, you know, I do need to make that clear. But what I've said to her is about how she finds her own voice. What does she want to write about? What is she passionate about? Mm-hmm. And we had a great chat only last night, actually, about you know, her area of interest. So she's particularly interested in, um, I don't want to call it world music, but kind of the different cultures around the world and how that impacts on creating music. Um, she's also passionate about the LGBTQ plus community and not enough is written about that. So I think for me, anyone I look at that, that I've seen write or I think could write, ultimately it's about that passion for something. Mm. That, that for me is key. Yeah, and finding that, yeah, it takes a while to, sometimes to to find that, or some people know it right off the bat. But you gotta kind of, like you said, find your like, what's my lane? What what really gets me excited? Yeah, well, and, and I didn't, and I, and again, I mean, we can only you know use our own experience, um, you know, where appropriate. So when Nigel first started us uh, me to write, he, I, I reviewed a few albums, and and I'll be honest, the first thing I did was okay, how you know, what kind of things you review. So I spent ages looking at loads of different people's reviews, trying to work out, okay, how does one review? Like what- How does this, how does this work for me? How, right. Yeah, how does it work? Uh, and, and it took me a little while. And, yeah, and again, if anyone was to look at my portfolio, you, I, I would hope you'll see a significant difference in, in the writing because it took yeah. me a while to figure out the, you know, who I am as a writer. Um, right, find, fact, find your voice, fair, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think to be fair, that didn't come until I started interviewing. And I don't like reviewing. I, I very rarely review now. Um, uh, only when when someone is really, really keen and, and feels that it would be a value. But I don't like reviewing. Yeah, it's hard because, you know, like it's it's like looking at a Picasso, like some people like that some people don't so you bring your own personal biases into whatever you're reviewing so you have to it's so it's so, so challenging and i get the same it, thing it, people people contact yeah. me about that i'm like you know that's not my bet that's not my thing <laughs> yeah and i think for me it's you know uh, and, and the thing is as artists we need reviews and i completely understand that so you know we need reviews but i do you know, it is just my opinion Right. Uh, you know, and my opinion is no, it's, it's not more or less important than your opinion or anyone else's opinion. So I, I think mm. for me, it's the pressure on me that, you know, it feels like, well, Fiona Ross says that this album is brilliant. It's like, well, who cares what Fiona Ross <laughs> thinks about this album? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I will happily shout about stuff that I love. I will yeah. happily do that with or without a review. And you know, what's funny about that too, is I've listened to albums and then I came back 10 years later, five years later, I'm like, oh, actually, I really like that. It's just, it's just your, happens to be your perspective at the moment, but, but it is true. Yeah. People, people, people need that. That's a currency of what we do that people want the reviews. They want that. That's part of the deal, I guess. But They do. And I, you know, and I fully appreciate that. And again, that's a lot of the work that we do in women in jazz media is that women get in touch with us because they need reviews. They need articles, they need press. Um, and in fact, there was, and, I, and again, I won't, I won't say who, because that's the key thing about what we do in women in jazz media. We don't name names, you know, all that behind the scenes stuff. We have those hard conversations and things happen, but we don't, you know, we don't kind of name and shame ever. Yeah, that's, you yeah, know, that's not what we do. Yeah. And you just, you just really want to build upon what's there and create some new pathways for young, for young yeah. writers and journalists. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, I mean, and we need more of that because I get you know, as a photographer, which is my other, one of my 10 jobs, I get those questions a lot. And like, how do I get into this? How do I get into that? I like my key thing I always say is people have to hear you and see you before they can hire you. So your most important job as a journalist, as a creative is get your work out there so people can discover you. That's that's the key Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's probably one of the most important things that we do is just sharing women. And I say there was a there was a programmer for a very well known venue um, who I was talking to, uh, and his first question is, "Have they got a review?" That was right. yeah, that was that was you know his kind of you know point was like, "Well, you know, show me a review." Um, so I know that reviews are really really important. So we do those yeah where possible. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's the artist in us. It's hard to judge other artists. I don't, I never like doing that. Um, we call it what was it the jazz jury, right? That was our other thing. We oh, the jazz, yeah, the, the jazz police. Yeah, the jazz police. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, yeah, and you know, and this and this is where I think I try and find that balance of, of me as a musician and as a composer, you know, as an artist myself. I don't want to critically analyze anything. Yeah, you know, in right. many respects, I just want to play. I just want to feel it. You know, I just want to, yeah, that go with the flow thing that I talk about a lot. So when I'm reviewing, mm -hmm. sometimes I just want to go, I love this. <laughs> you know, this is amazing. Or I love that group. Well, that, you know, obviously you can't, that's not a review. So I, I, I sometimes don't like being forced in that position of kind of, you know, writing more than I just want to go, this is amazing. Right. I hear you. How can people, um, people that are journalists or, well, they want to find the magazine to begin with, but how can they reach you and what's the pathway for that? Uh, well, our web, we're on all over social media, but um, our website is womeninjazzmedia.com. Uh, and there's loads of different email addresses on there because we have a playlist that we released every month. We have big opportunities so or, or, or just any conversation. But yes, 
womeninjazzmedia.com is our website or we're, we're on all social media. Awesome. And then when, when is your next album? When are you looking to have that released? It's funny you should say that because <laughs> I, I'm in the studio tomorrow night and I was thinking about this because, and I don't know why, and this is, you know, as my son would say, classic mum, where I decide to do something with no reason whatsoever, but I set myself a target and a deadline. And then I kind of work hard to meet this deadline, but, but no one's made me. Um, and I was going to get this album out this year. Um, so I was looking at it thinking, oh, God, I haven't got this nearly September. I haven't got very long. Um, because I, you know, I tend to release an album. Well, I have released an album every year. Right. Um, I don't big, know why. It's a big undertaking. <laughs> I, you know, and I don't know why I do that. But in my head, I'm like, oh, I've got to get this out. But I've already done an album this year. So literally today I was thinking, oh, hang on, actually, I don't need to rush it. So it'll come out next year, basically, probably March, okay. April. Yeah, because you're you're very busy. You have you. It's like you, like me. You have ten jobs. <laughs> you have a lot, yeah, you have a lot going uh, on. I, I do, and I fail a lot. And I think my music is the one thing that has suffered with all the work that I've done. And I tried a different tactic with this album, which hasn't worked. So I've changed direction now because I thought rather than the whole album as a massive project, and normally it's kind of I don't know two months of gear after I've written everything, you know, studio, I thought, well, this time, cause I haven't got time, I'll do it bit by bit. So maybe I'll do three songs. So I'll, yeah, mm. I'll write, you know, two or three songs, then I'll record them, do it bit by bit. But then what happened is I recorded some stuff ages ago and then, and then stopped. So I was like, no, okay, this is not going to work bit by yeah. bit. So I'm, I'm fully on it. And, you know, I think I've got nine songs written. I've got a few more to write. And say awesome. we're in the studio again tomorrow, so I'm very yeah. excited. Yeah, and you have an uh, amazing band, um, some some really a very diverse band, I should say too. And uh, do just like guys are just great live. I love watching you when I come to London. Um, hopefully, I'll be back in London soon, and I can come and hang out with you at <laughs> one of the gigs. Oh, I love you too. Yeah, and yeah. honestly, I am so honoured to work with the people that I work with. And in fact, yeah, that last time I saw you, you played with us at the London Jazz Festival. Right. Yeah. 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 I said it. Didn't yeah, you? That was, yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. 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 It's just great, it great guys. And, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And in fact, our next gig, my next gig is the London Jazz Festival in November. Um, ah, okay. And I might play a couple of the new songs. Um, so oh. I'm, I'm quite excited about that. Yeah, well, maybe maybe I'll come over then. <laughs> it was actually Please funny. Please do. Yeah, I know that my schedule has gotten so nuts, and I, I'm going to be in Finland in September. And there's also a boxing match which I shoot. That's like the week before, and I'm like, hmm, <laughs> in yeah. London. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's impossible. Trying to coordinate all that's nuts. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Um, how can people find your music uh, sites online? Let's do that too. Uh, okay. Well. Again, uh, I'm all over social media. You can just type in Fiona Ross Jazz on Google. uh, And uh, I'm actually quite a few, the first few pages on Google. So, or my website, which is just fionaross.co.uk. But yeah, Fiona Ross Jazz on Google, easiest thing to do. You will find me. Yeah, please, um, everybody, please check out Fiona's music. Please check out Women in Jazz Media. I love what you guys are doing. I know some of your writers and contributors. They're great people. Um, our friend Ash, who is uh, in London, is, is amazing. And she also does she well as doing the yeah, London Jazz uh, Festival. Um, awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. I, I, like, I know we're both crazy busy scheduling-wise, so we managed to put it together. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we did, honestly. And thank you so much. And I should point out, actually, that during the London Jazz Festival last year, you were amazing. You came to London. You interviewed a lot of the team, some of the performers, mm. and did some great photos. So yeah, I really appreciate 
you know, the support you've given women in jazz media as well. Yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, it's just so many great people, people that I have become friends that I'm talking to pretty regularly now um, and amazing talent. So, yeah, it's, it's so fun. I mean, as you know, just to travel and see other musicians and interact. Um, that's one of the things I really enjoy about what I do. And I know you do as well. So Yeah, because didn't Hannah Horton... Yeah. Um, she played for you on some, yeah, because she's in the team uh, now. Yeah. But yes, she played on on a song for you, I think, didn't she? Yeah, we used her for our project in Finland, and we're gonna we're just, just gonna be more of that. So Hannah Horton's a great sax player based in London, um, and uh, yeah, there's I mean I love doing that, just like you. Like I love mixing it up, and if I see talented people, if we can if we can do projects together, that's a win for everybody. It makes me really happy to be able to do that. So. Yeah. Oh, no. And Hannah's amazing. And I should say, because I'm pointing out Hannah, everyone in the team is amazing. <laughs> that, that's true. I, I agree with that. Um, hey, awesome. Have a great day. Um, let's stay in touch and maybe we'll do another update in a few months. And I know you always have new things coming up. So maybe when the new album comes up too, we can uh, we can chat again. Lovely. Honestly, thank you so much. And thank you for all you do and your support. Well, likewise. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, please check out the podcasts on all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all the, all the usuals. And uh, like and follow us. We appreciate it. Thanks so much, Fiona. Thanks for joining us. And please consider subscribing to our podcast and follow us on our social media pages for guest announcements. 